Pastor Xavier Reese reminds us of God's blessing of the nation of Israel. What we see now in the nation of Israel is only part in fulfillment. An amazing thing that the nation would be established is a miracle in itself. No one could have predicted it. And even though God prophesied, no one believed it. <laughs> the transformation in the kingdom will be astonishing. In fact, Ezekiel 36 says, So they will say, This land that was desolate has become like the Garden of Eden. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Israel in its infancy sought a king other than God, and their decision has plagued them throughout the generations. Well, Pastor Xavier reminds us that we are no different as we seek man's solution for our future. Today, in his study in the book of Revelation, he points out how God will bring into light the perfect king and kingdom. Let's join him for today's message titled, the government of the millennial kingdom. William Penn, one of the founding fathers, told the Russian czar, Peter the Great, if thou wouldest rule well, thou must be ruled by God. He also said, those who will not be governed by God will be ruled by tyrants. Over the past 6,000 years of record-keeping, there have been less than 268 years of peace to the 6,000 years we've existed. I think that speaks for itself. We cannot rule ourselves, and we certainly can rule others. What a breath of fresh air the millennial kingdom is going to be <laughs> when all this is over, when there be no more tyrants, when Jesus will reign upon the earth. The period of a thousand years, as we have seen, is taught with overwhelming evidence throughout the Bible. It's not limited to the book of Revelation. And yet, it is very clear many times through the book of Revelation, where it says the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall rule and reign forever and ever, Revelation eleven fifteen. We have already seen the doctrine of the millennium in relationship to the covenant of Israel, the person of Christ, and the spiritual character. Now what we want to look at is what the scriptures has to say about the form of government that will exist during those thousand years of the kingdom age here upon the earth. And we want to do it through three focal points so that we can hang our thoughts on. First of all, the rulers in the millennium. And then second, the subjects of the millennium and we'll finish up with the center of the millennium. The rulers of the millennium. The government will be a theocracy. The original government of the Garden of Eden, as you know, was exactly that, a theocracy. But the first Adam blew it, sin entered in, death, the curse, and so nothing was ever the same. God's ideal is a theocracy. Now, the promise of redemption is in the seed of the woman in Genesis 3.15. That he would come and redeem mankind so that the kingdom would be established. Man is not going to do that. It has to be done through the Messiah, Jesus Christ. Jesus will sit, as you know, as King of kings and Lord of lords 
during the millennial kingdom. Um, Psalm 2 is a great preview of chapter 19 of Revelation. And in Psalm 2, verse 6, it says, Yet I have set my king on my holy hill of Zion, the Messiah, at his second coming. In fact, Isaiah 16, verse 5 says, In mercy the throne will be established, and one will sit on it in truth, in the tabernacle of David, judging and seeking justice and hastening righteousness. Jesus said to his disciples in Matthew 19, 28, Assuredly, I say to you, that in the regeneration, when the Son of Man sits on the throne of his glory, you who have followed me will also sit on 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. He's talking about the millennial kingdom, the age to come. Now, the governing king is the Messiah. His government will put an end to war. Listen to Isaiah 2.4. He shall judge between the nations and rebuke many people. They shall beat their swords into plowshares, their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. You'll never see it before that. Man is evil. Man will have wars. He's called the Prince of Peace, Isaiah 9.6. The prayer of the psalmist will be fulfilled. Listen to it. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem, Psalm 122.6. That will not take place until the millennial kingdom. Jerusalem's not in peace right now. And it won't be till he comes. His government will be perfect. Righteousness shall be the belt of his loins. And faithfulness the belt of his waist, Isaiah 11.5 says. His government will, be, will bring about prosperity. The whole world's thrust is prosperity, get more, get more, me, me, me. And they lose it. It destroys them. In the millennial kingdom, he says, but everyone shall sit under the vine and under his fig tree, and no one shall make them afraid. For the mouth of the Lord of hosts has spoken, for all people walk each in the name of the, his God. But we will walk in the name of the Lord our God forever and ever. Micah 4. Four and five. Now, to sit under the vine and the fig tree means to be in the land prosperously. To rest, to be in safety. It's both a symbol of Israel and the kingdom. In fact, the custom of the Jews was to pray and to meditate under the fig tree. Remember when Jesus said to Nathaniel that he saw him under the fig tree in John 1.48? He says, truly, you're the Messiah. He says, if you think you've seen something, hang around. Under the fig tree, what was he doing? He was meditating upon the promise of the kingdom to come. A time of prosperity, of safety. His right to govern will be acknowledged by worship. In our next study, we're going to look at the worship during the millennial kingdom. There's great detail about it. But just for now, listen to Zechariah 14, 16. And it shall come to pass that everyone who is left of all the nations which came against Jerusalem shall go up from year to year to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, and to keep the feast of tabernacles. There's going to be great worship during the thousand-year reign. He has rightly conquered all nations. He has rightly worshipped his king at the yearly feast. His right to govern is as the God Man, the Son of Man, as you know, always depicting his humanity 
and to him is given dominion, glory, and the kingdom, Daniel 7, 13 through 14 says. As the God-man, you remember what Luke tells us in Luke chapter 1, verse 32 and 33. He will be great. He will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom, there will be no end. Eternal. As you know, Jesus was speaking to his disciples there in Matthew 24, the Olivet Discourse. And he's talking on Jewish ground. Listen to what he says, 2430. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven. And then all the tribes of the earth will mourn. And they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. The Son of Man. A literal man. The God. Man. Now his government could also be through the regency of David. This is an interesting concept. Now, there are many references for the regency of David. There are too many to number here. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Hosea, Amos, there's many. But two examples will be sufficient for this. Listen to Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 9. But they shall serve the Lord their God, and David their king, whom I will raise up for them. It is the literal King David, apart from Jesus. In fact, in Hosea 3, 5, it says, Afterward, the children of Israel shall return and seek the Lord their God and David their king. They shall fear the Lord and his goodness in the latter days. So there are some scriptures that imply that David will literally reign under Christ. We know Jesus will reign without any doubt. But David indirectly under him, very, very possibly. There are some references that are very difficult to correlate and understand and have fulfilled any other way. Let me just give you a few. In Ezekiel 45, 22, it says, The prince is set to prepare for himself and the people, listen, a bull for a sin offering. The prince prepares a bull for a sin offering. Now, Jesus was and is sinless. That can't be fulfilled by him. It's impossible. Listen to Ezekiel 46.2. The prince is engaged in an act of worship, which contradicts who Jesus is. He's God. He doesn't worship himself. So it's very possible that in some way David is co-regent with Christ under him in fulfillment of the prophecies. Now, there are different opinions, and certainly we don't want to get caught up being dogmatic, but there's certainly a capacity and potential there in the scriptures where David is mentioned and can be fulfilled by no one but himself. Now, the government will include many other individuals also. There will be nobles and governors. Isaiah 32, 1 says, Behold, a king will reign in righteousness, and princes will rule Injustice. Isn't that great? Don't you wish that that would happen now? There's this case probably, what, about a month ago where this 20-year-old had sex with a 12-year-old and the judge gave him eight days of probation because he thought as a 20-year-old he was immature? Amazing. Righteous? Equitable? I doubt it. Jeremiah says, Their nobles shall be from among them. 
and their governors shall come from their midst. Jeremiah 30, verse 21. So there will be lesser authorities under delegation. There will be also under those judges other people of lesser authority. Zechariah 3, 7 declares, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, If you will walk in my ways, and if you will keep my command, then you shall also judge my house, and likewise have charge of my courts. I will give you places to walk among those who stand here. Jesus, as you know, spoke the parable of the minas, that a nobleman would go into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and return. And then he would reward and appoint some over ten cities, others over five, etc., etc., in Luke 19, 12 through 28. John, in the book of Revelation, chapter 20, verse 6, says, Blessed and holy is he who has part of the first resurrection. Over such, the second death has no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. So we will reign with him. But there's all these other people under the different delegations. The government will also include judges very specifically. Isaiah 1.26 says, I will restore your judges as at the first. I will restore your judges as at the first and your counselors as at the beginning. Afterwards, you shall be called the city of righteousness, the faithful city. As at the first after the same manner of the Old Testament. Listen to Exodus 18.22. And let them judge the people at all times. Then it will be that every great matter they shall bring to you, speaking to Moses. But every small matter they themselves shall judge. So it will be easier for you, for they will bear the burden with you. So there will be delegation during the kingdom age of these different individuals. The kingdom age will be subdivision of delegated Theocratic authority from Christ through David to the 12 and then down to the rulers, be it governors, judges, princes, whatever. God's a God of order. He gives us order for the church. He models order when he's here reigning upon the earth. It will be a universal government. It will be a government of righteousness and justice, it will be a government in the fullness of the spirit. It will be a government that will not be tolerant to the outbreak of sin. It will be dealt with immediately, right on the spot. Because as you know, the people that enter in are still sinners, right? We're glorified, but the ones who enter in not having taken the mark, repopulate the world. Men cannot rule themselves. Men cannot handle power. In the world today, we see such an abuse of power. We see abusive dictators oppress their people, as we saw Hussein. We see immoral presidents abuse their office. We see cruel and evil nations massacre multitudes, like in Sudan and like in uh, Rwanda, and many other areas. Proverbs 14.34 says, Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people, any people. America was founded through fallen men who recognized 
their own inability to rule themselves or others apart from God. As I read you William Penn's words and many others we can go into. It has been declared that all, the, all that needs to take place for evil men to triumph is for good men to do nothing, Edmund Blake said. Just do nothing. Just remain passive. Be intimidated. It is a law now in Canada that the Bible is a hate crime, a literature, a provoker, because it speaks against homosexuality. It's a law. You can be arrested. When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when the wicked man rule, the people groan, Proverbs 29, 2. David Barton said, The advantage of hindsight, particularly in regards to history, is that you are able to observe dates and events that were crucial in the outcome and the future developments of a nation. And without any doubt, the dateline that marked this nation, speaking of America's decline, was the prohibition of prayer in schools in the Angle versus Vital, 1962. The SAT scores between 1952 to 1962 were relatively stable. After 63, when this mandate came, you could not pray in school, their decline were tumbling down a steep mountainside, and I'm quoting them. If you've never read any of his books, America, to pray or not to pray, and other books that he has there. It speaks about all the laws and the founding fathers and the Supreme Court justices and, and how they all acknowledge God and the principle of Christianity. In fact, you could be thrown in jail if you blaspheme the name of Jesus at one time in this nation. You had to sign that you believed in Jesus Christ, you were born again to be a politician. We come a long ways, baby. <laughs> the coming of Jesus Christ is the greatest hope for mankind. Christ will rule the world in righteousness, and he will appoint righteous rulers to co-reign with him. And so the Bible is clear about the rulers in the millennium. Very, very clear. Now, the subjects in the millennium, because the rulers, there has to be someone to rule, right? The return of Jesus will exclude all guilty sinners before the setting up of the kingdom age. Uh, Revelation 19, verse 17 through 19, the armies of the world are there attempting to stop Jesus from setting up the kingdom, and he, of course, destroys them. We'll look at that tonight. And uh, the Antichrist and the false prophet are cast into the lake of fire in Revelation 19, 20. So they're the first ones there a thousand years before Satan is cast in there, okay? So they're there for a thousand years, and that's the only ones that are in there. So they get to talk to each other for a thousand years to think about what they did and everything else. Before they're judged. That's a long time. The separation of individuals at the Lord's return for their hypocrisy and complacency is taught by the parable of the five foolish virgins and the talents, Matthew 24, verse 1, all the way to chapter 25, verse 30. The judgment of the nations follows, which removes the goats. The nations that opposed the Jews during the reign of the Antichrist in Matthew 25, 31 on down to 46. The parable of the wheat and the tares, as you know, and the good fish and the bad fish firmly confirm all that I'm saying here. All those that have opposed Christ will be removed, all the wicked. Only those who did not accept the mark, only those that have looked at Christ enter the kingdom, those that are left alive. 
The prophecy of Daniel verifies this. Listen to Daniel 7, 22. Until the ancient of days came, and a judgment was made in favor of the saints of the Most High, and the time came for the saints to possess the kingdom. Daniel 7, 27. Then the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdoms under the whole heaven shall be given to the people, the saints and the Most High. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all the dominions shall serve and obey him. The nation of Israel really comprises the primary subjects. Isaiah the prophet in Isaiah 43, verse 5 through 6 says, Fear not, for I am with you. I will bring your descendants from the east and gather you from the west. will say to the north, give them up. And to the south, do not keep them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. What we see now in the nation of Israel is only part in fulfillment. The context is millennial kingdom when there is that peace. An amazing thing that the nation would be established is a miracle in itself. No one could have predicted it except for God. And even though God prophesied, no one believed it. <laughs> Remember Jesus again speaking on the Olivet Discourse in Matthew 24, verse 30 to 31. He says this, Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn. And they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And here it is. And he will send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet. And they will gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. His elect is Jewish ground, is Jews. Matthew 24, 25, he's talking about his elect, the Jew. You're familiar with the prophet Ezekiel. He tells us about the restoration of the nation of Israel. As he prophesies to the mountains of Israel in Ezekiel 36. Listen to verse 7 through 10. The proclamation of the mountains here uh, to Israel says, Therefore thus saith the Lord God, I have raised my hand. And an oath that surely the nations that are around you shall bear their own shame. He raises his hand. When God swears, he can't lie. Now listen. But you, O mountains of Israel, you shall shoot forth your branches and yield your fruit to my people Israel. For they are about to come. For indeed I am for you. I will turn to you and you shall be tilled and sown. I will multiply men upon you, all the house of Israel, all of it. And the city shall be inhabited and ruin rebuilt. Literally, we see it partly, but not completely right now. The transformation in the kingdom will be astonishing. In fact, Ezekiel 36, 35 through 36 says, So they will say, this land that was desolate has become like the Garden of Eden. And the wasted, desolate, and ruined cities are now fortified and inhabited. Then the nations which are left all around you shall know that I am the Lord and I have built the ruined places and planted what was desolate. I, the Lord, have spoken it. I will do it. The prophet Ezekiel gives us the vision of dry bones in Ezekiel 37. The prophet is asked by God, can these bones live again? And then God prophesies over them in verse 1 through 10 that they will. In verse 14 through, uh, 11 through 14, God himself interprets the vision as he sees his bones coming to their feet and sinew and muscle and skin comes upon them and God says, this Ezekiel is the nation of Israel. Remember what he told Jeremiah when he was in jail, buy the land as a redemptive price. I'm going to bring them back as evidence. And Jeremiah is thinking, how can he do that? He says, 
I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? I created things. I spoke them into being. Things that exist, I speak. They're no longer. Nothing is there. I speak, I create. What is difficult for me? Whether we can understand how, it doesn't make any difference. God has prophesied He will bring it to pass. Pastor Xavier Reese reminds us of Israel's important role in the end times. And you can request a copy of today's challenging study called The Government of the Millennial Kingdom. It's available for just $4 on CD. And this is one message you'll want to share with your brothers and sisters in the Lord. The title to ask for once again is The Government of the Millennial Kingdom. Or simply mention today's date when you write Simple Truths. 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And please, don't forget to include the call letters of this station when you contact us. Will the Millennial Kingdom be a utopia? Find out when you join Pastor Xavier Reese as he continues his study in the book of Revelation. That's right here on the next edition of Simple Truths. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California www.calvarychapelpasadena.com